Okay, have you ever dreamed of being a character on Grey's Anatomy or, I don't know, let's say a contestant on The Bachelor? Well, there is an app that lets you do all that and more. It's called Choices. It's these amazing stories, but you are actually in the story and actually make choices along the way. Plus, there are super cute outfits that are totally customizable. Hot love interests. Sorry, babe. Lots of romance. It's kind of the perfect app for wind-down listeners. Be sure to check it out in the App Store and search for choices. Stories you play. Tillman Bay. Tillman Bay is weak. We need to rebuild. The epic fiction podcast Tillman Bay returns. Have we met before? Oh, yes, General. You have no choice. It has to be done. In the name of God, what have you done? From March 20th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wind Down with Jana Kramer, an iHeartRadio podcast. I have to pee so bad. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> this is what I do. I... Jana thinks it's inconvenient to pee during her day. I think it's the most time-consuming, most time-consuming. <laughs> So time-consuming. I have to force you to go to the bathroom. I know you do. Like, when I'll ask, Brian, when I ask Jolie, I'm like, Jolie <laughs> and Jana, do you have to go to the bathroom? If you do, tell Daddy, and I'll help you. Like, I get both of you at the same time. Well, no, even at the airport, you're like, I have to pee. I'm like, God, like, no, because then that just wasted five minutes to have to, now we have to walk down. We, had, we could have been home five minutes sooner. Uh, we had to sit in an hour of LA traffic on the you, way home, and you wanted to sit that way having to pee? Yeah, okay. You... You literally force me to go to the bathroom. Yes, I do. You're like, Jana, go to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm saying, it's just like Jolie. I treat you guys the same. Put you both on your little potties next to each other. <laughs> I have to wipe both of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I don't know what it is, but I knew I had to pee. I had to actually pee about an hour and a half ago. Of course you did. But again, it's, there's so many things I have to do before I use the bathroom. Like my friend Rachel and I were talking about this when they came to visit mm-hmm. um, over the holidays. And I said, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. But then I'm not going to go because I have to do, I have to, I walk past the laundry. So I have to put the laundry in the dryer. And then I'll stop by the refrigerator because I'll probably have to make something for Jolie. And then I'll see something on the counter that I'll have to do. And then I'll like take a phone call. <laughs> and then it's five hours later and I'm like, I have a bladder infection. <laughs> Meanwhile, if I feel like I have to go to the bathroom just a little bit, I'm like, hmm, yeah, you know what? <laughs> It's a good time. Go sit. I'm gonna go in the bathroom, and I'm gonna stop whatever it is I'm doing in that moment to go have my time in sanctuary. And I realize now that why, when I was a kid, why my dad would take so long in the bathroom, whether he had to go number one or two, I realized it was an escape from the kids. And now I'm realizing I'm becoming that guy. But here's the thing. That's what's so frustrating is because I know when you're I know when you're in the bathroom because it's at least twenty to thirty minutes of I, where's daddy. Okay. okay. And you're I, I I open the door and you're playing like solitaire on your on your phone or something. Let's be more realistic. Five minutes. But even five minutes feels it's, like a long time. It's like ten. Your feet will go my legs like go to sleep if I sit on there any longer than that. <laughs> That's when you know you're on too long when I stand up or something and like my feet are tingling because they fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> from sitting down too long. I love that this has just become a full-on conversation. But since we're on this topic about the kids, I see Jolie doesn't let me go to the bathroom because the other day I actually sat down because I had to poo. And so Jolie comes in. Did she's you like, poop? 
Mm-hmm. She oh. goes, Mommy, poo-poo. And I was like, can I just have five minutes? Even when I ha- take five minutes, I still don't get five minutes. I understand. She Jolie does that to me, too. Oh. But what's, what's funny, though, about you is, is, when, is when you're like, hey, can, can you hold Jace because I have to go to the bathroom? And I'll, I'll be in the middle of doing something, and you're like, hey, can you hold him? And I'm in my head, I'm like, what do you do when I'm not here? Like, do you do you not go? Oh, to, oh I actually, I do know. With him in my arm, literally, it was so. I was like, I had to go so bad, I couldn't put him down. He kept crying, so I was like, yeah, all right, Jason, you you're going to, in the potty with me. You got to do one that. One arm cradling him, and I'm like wiping my butt. <laughs> That's a parent right there. Parent life. Uh, anyways, well, that was a fun little topic. That's an intro for you. <laughs> there you go. Boom, 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 and I still have to pee, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so we have Jillian Michaels calling in. Any minute, and I just do you realize how big of a fan I am of hers. I thought I did until you started geeking out. I know, so I'm such a big fan of hers that I actually went to one of the biggest loser fanat like live tapings in LA. You would, I know, I just think it's so good. She's so mean that she's just like awesome. She's like the Abby Lee Miller of, of workouts, of weight loss. I have weight loss. I feel like that's you have that persona in you you just wish you could be more mean <laughs> i know like you're you're already an alpha and a boss but you wish you had more mean in your body yeah like like that i i, I feel like i have a lot of people listening right now like Catherine going, mm, well you can kind of be mean oh you definitely can <laughs> the, the ones closest to you we definitely know you can be but your heart's still in a good sure. place um, there's something else I was going to say about her. Oh, so there's this stuff going around right now that she totally dissed the keto diet. And so, so what does a keto diet entail? Keto diet is basically the whole 30, but it lets you have wine and it lets you have some fruits, not all fruit. It lets you have, um, it basically is putting your body to ketosis. Is that the right word? I have no idea. Is that right, Mark? Yeah. So there's certain things you can have. It's, it's very similar to the whole 30, but she hated on it. And Al Roker, a few other people, or Andy Cohen just said, well, basically dissed her back. So I'm really curious to see what she thinks because we tried the whole 30. <laughs> and I, I wanted to quit Every day, day two. <laughs> I was like, Michael, come on. We don't have to do this. We don't have to deprive we ourselves. Eat help, like, we eat justifying everything. I just really wanted my glass of wine. So I'm on the, I'm on the wine 30. That's yeah, what I'm calling it. So I'm still doing the whole 30, but I'm letting myself drink wine because why the F not? I sent a text message to Julie and I go, look, I'm 35 year old f-ing adult. If I want to have an effing glass of wine, I'm going to have one mm. because I can. Sounds like a lot of justification, There's rationalization. So, oh, whatever. Cool. This is what everyone You're does. Off this of is, it right this now. is what everyone does when they have like a New Year's resolution. Everyone's just like, you know what? No. I'm an adult. No, I I'm still I'm still following some of the rules for the month. We're following a lot of the rules besides the donut I just ate. <laughs> but besides that, I'm pretty sure it was did Whole30 compliant. <laughs> did you just eat a donut? I did. It was amazing. Oh, I, thought, I thought you said we weren't doing that. I wasn't until I saw it. I'm going to have two glasses of wine. <laughs> it's not my fault. It's Amy's. What do you think you're going to ask Jillian? Um, Any workout questions or is it going to be more like Workout? Diet? No, not workout questions. I'm interested... I wrote two things down, okay. which I can just ask her on, on there. <laughs> okay, well, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. Would you, would you like me to, you, you want to discuss the questions now? I do. I want to ask, out of all the things she's done, she's done a ton. Yeah. Right? What is she most pr- proud of? Probably her kids. You know she adopted. What, what accomplishment is she most proud of? Most, 
Uh, proud of? Most proud of. <laughs> you say I don't talk. Oh, by the way, we got into an argument the other day, Mark, and Michael was the biggest a-hole in the whole entire planet. Now, we've talked gets... about this. You're supposed to save all arguments for this podcast. I know. Uh-huh. Well, this one we could not table. So we got into like, probably our first blowout in a, a minute. A while. Yeah. It was a while. And so... <laughs> we had some old behaviors come up. And we're like, we both kind of pretended it didn't happen. Yeah. Which is probably I, I did talk to my therapist about it, though. So did I. Yeah. So... We but processed. We did. Are we going to process it with our couples therapist? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> we can keep him in the dark. You <laughs> don't need to know. <laughs> nah. Nah. Okay. Well, anyways, so we're in we're in uh, the bed, and he's being really mean because he gets really mean when we argue. Like he says really nasty things. When I when I go offline, I can be mean. By the way, though, sidebar: when people go offline, they also can kill spouses. So that scares me when you say, "Well, when I go offline." I say mean things. <laughs> I'm not a monster. Maybe these people are. Maybe they, maybe they oh are. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, things people can go offline. You never know what to do. Anyways, we got into this argument and he made fun of how I talk. He goes, maybe if you speak clearer and I, that, shoot, wait, I just messed up. <laughs> See, I can't Try speak clear. No. He basically says that I don't talk right. <laughs> You don't talk right. <laughs> no, it's just you have a different v- vocabulary than others. So basically, if I said because the, the charger like, thing, the, the power outlet <laughs> the I'm looking at on the wall. So I just pointed. She calls to it the- a charger <laughs> because it charges things. So she said, <laughs> she said there's a charger out in the living room, and I go out to the living room and look for a charger, and there's not a charger out there. And I said, there's not a charger. She's like, yeah, you know the, way you, the thing you plug stuff in, like the charger. I'm like, you mean the power outlet? <laughs> She's like, yeah, that thing. So yeah. God bless you, honey. So anyways, but you mocked me, and that wasn't very nice. No, that was I don't was know nice. where I was going with that. But, but that can't be what led to the argument. No, the argument, ooh, we can't talk about it on air. I don't even I got triggered. Oh, this is what happened. So uh, I got triggered by something. Yeah. And he was also thinking about, so I got triggered, and I, I, in that moment, I would have liked if he acknowledged the trigger because he was also thinking it too. And I wasn't ready to say, hey. This is a great topic. We have to call Jillian, so let's definitely talk about this. Okay. Do we have to call her right now? One, yes, one. but this is a good tease. So okay. you will elaborate more after we talk to Jillian. Oh, I just love your voice, Mark. Stay Thank tuned. <laughs> <laughs> we'll elaborate more after we talk to Jillian. Yes. Okay, so Michael and I are moving to Nashville, and we are knee-deep right now in designing our home, which is why I'm so excited about Joybird. So each Joybird piece, it's furniture. It's made by hand with care and precision using high quality hardwood and responsibly sourced materials to fit your exact specifications. There's also a limited lifetime warranty included. So the best part is that there is a 365 day home trial. So you skip the furniture store and you basically bring the showroom home. You get to sit on it, sleep on it and break it in. And if you don't love your Joybird, you return it for a full refund. And it's hassle-free in-home delivery. They'll even remove all the packaging materials, and you get free returns within two weeks of delivery. So I just ordered the Soto chair in Taylor Felt Gray and Maple Wood. It's really clean lines, perfect size to put under a standing lamp or in the corner with a blanket draped over it. It's actually going in our room, sweetheart. So, yeah. Newsflash. (laughs) So see how Joybird is revolutionizing online furniture shopping. Create the furniture that brings you joy today at joybird.com slash Jana. Go to joybird.com slash Jana and receive an exclusive offer for 25% off your first order by using the code Jana. 
along with our new furniture, we're also going to be outfitting all of our rooms in our house with the best sheets out there, Brooke Linen. You spend a third of your life in your sheets. So if you're looking for a New Year's resolution, Better Sleep is a great place to start. The whole new year, new you, add new sheets to that. Sheets just don't feel amazing, but they look great too. Mix and match over 20 plus colors and patterns. Jan and I got a different color and pattern for each room just to keep it fresh. It's awesome. Brooklinen.com is giving an exclusive offer just for our, our listeners. Get $20 off and free shipping when you use promo code Jana at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. The only way to get $20 off and free shipping is to use promo code Jana at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code Jana. Hey, Jillian. Hey, it's Jillian. and Mike. Hey, guys. How are you? Great. Good. Um, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. We've been a little bit hectic lately, but good. So you're in New York right now, right? I was stalking your Instagram last night because I'm a massive fan. So you're in New York promoting your book, right? Oh, well, thank you. It's totally mutual. And uh, yes, that is. we were in Toronto and um, now we're in New York. So I know how crazy today in the book tour is for you, but I'm just, we're so thankful that you um, called in because again, like I said, I've been a huge fan of yours for a long time. So I'm just, I'm super excited. I know, I know we only have you for 10 minutes, so we're going to drill you right now. Is that cool? Oh, please. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So obviously we have to talk about the drama that's going on right now about the keto diet and the things that you, that I'm so sorry. Can we talk about that? Yeah, please. I, okay. I mean, honestly, it's, it's I think it's kind of so ridiculous because it's so ridiculous. And the fact that they fired back like that honestly pissed me off. And I wanted to be like, she was just, obviously, you know more than they, they know because you're. Well, it's, it's my job. Exactly. It's like, it's like um, you talking about uh, being an anchor person or a host, you know, doing know, their job. Right. I mean, it's like, but here's what's interesting about this is that, look, I spent two years researching this last book and I had a co-author which I very rarely do who specializes in the space of anti-aging and you know we together reviewed hundreds of studies interviewed the top these guys are called neuroscientists which are scientists that specialize in anti-aging I personally work with some of the top endocrinologists registered dietitians. Like, this information is not coming from me personally. I didn't just come out and go, you know what, I have an opinion. <laughs> like, this is, this is science. So, and, you, by the way, it's also common sense, but, you know, right. that's, that's a different person. So, for keto diet, what is, what is the problem? You're, they're, they're basically, you're not getting the nutrients that you well, should be getting? It's, a, it's a kind of a long answer, right? Because there are so many problems with it. So, I mean, let's first look at what the diet espouses. And it's kind of tough to get, to really pin someone down because people do different versions of it. So, for example, I'm so sorry, hang on, my my eight-year-old is dancing in the living room. (laughs) I love the dancing and the singing, but if we could keep the singing just right now. Uh, And I, I, by the way, I remember seeing you at Tailgate Fest with your little girl on stage, so I know that you (laughs) I totally understand. Working with your kids. Um, So, so, uh, Please forgive the background noise. No, it's okay. But um, so think of it as follows, right? First of all, what keto or most keto people talk about is like, well, it's low carb, right? And the whole key is to be in ketosis, which means you're depriving your body of carbohydrates to the point of what is quite honestly considered a state of medical emergency, and the body then starts burning through fat at an accelerated pace. And we think, well, that's great, right? Like, who wouldn't think that's great? Mm -hmm. Because there's no other source of fuel. 
In addition, people with insulin-related health issues like type 2 diabetes or polycystic ovarian syndrome are saying, oh, well, you know, it's helped me reverse all these conditions. And you'd also think, well, that would be great, right? But the reality is that you can do all those things with common sense eating, balanced macronutrients, right, restricting your calories and working out on a consistent basis. Because, mm-hmm. by the way, I had PCOS as a kid. I was overweight as a teenager. And I not only have kept myself healthy eating common sense, clean foods, balanced macros, but I've helped thousands of other people achieve the exact same thing. So point being, you can get all the good with a healthy diet that has none of the side effects. Now, so the side effects do you, sorry. Are, oh, so yeah. I was going to no, say because no, Michael ahead. and I, Michael and I, challenged ourselves to do the whole thirty this month. We've we've already quit. But do you do you feel oh. this? Do you feel do you feel the same way about the whole thirty? No, I mean the, the whole thirty is just whole foods, right? For thirty days. Yeah, but no wine, days. Jillian. No wine. Okay, I'm a mama too. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So you know what's interesting about that? So basically, just just kind of wrap up on the keto. You're you're. You're starving your body of fiber, micronutrients, which are vitamins and minerals, when you cut out food groups, um, of macronutrients, right? So your cells are made up of protein, fat, and carbs. We've seen that diets high in saturated fats and animal proteins are bad for our telomeres, which are these little taps in your DNA strands that protect your cells. It's taxing on the liver. It's taxing on your adrenal system. It's taxing on your thyroid. And the list goes on and on and on. So well, you look in the mirror and you think you've lost weight, you're, you're not seeing the damage you're doing to your insides long term. So, again, we could go on and on and on, and I write all about it in the book. But when we're talking about wine, that's actually a very – this is something I, act, I did a bit of an about face <laughs> Because for years, alcohol is not great when you're trying to lose weight, right? So I would say, look, you know, you've got to stop drinking if you're trying to lose weight. But when it comes to longevity, up to – they say two drinks a night, and I was just in my mind, I was like, okay, that's a lot of alcohol over the course of a lifetime, and we do know that drinking too much is related to ovarian cancer, breast cancer, and can contribute to obesity. Even so red wine, got, like the good red well, wine? Well, okay. <laughs> so think six to eight drinks a week max, and no more than two to three max a night. And that's fine. You, I just you want I just right. want one a night, Jillian. One a night. That's and fine. By the way, that's good for you. So especially See. for anti aging, it helps to remove amyloid plaques associated with Alzheimer's from, from your brain. Literally it's like a bath for your brain. It helps keep your liver primed with specific enzymes and improve detoxification and digestion. Because when we really talk detox, like that's the job of your liver. Nothing else is doing that except your lung, your liver, your spleen. It's not sweating, it's not starvation and not eating. It's making sure those organs function optimally and keeping your liver primed with a little bit of alcohol actually helps you do that. Um, and red wine has a lot of antioxidants and polyphenols in it, like resveratrol, to help fight free radicals. So you're, you're doing fine there. Can we drink wine together sometime? I would love to. That's Janice Happy. She's set for the day. She, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> she just needed to know that she can hang out with you and also justify her wine drinking. Because we eat healthy. Right. And that's and that's the thing, too, that brings me to my question, Jillian, is obviously so many people across the country, especially during the month of January, you know, new year, new me and all that stuff. They want to diet. They want to work out. What is your advice from your profession, your experience for someone, you know, who is trying to change their eating habits or workout habits? What's their advice? What's advice for them to, like, stick to it? Okay. 
first, I would say a balanced approach, mm-hmm. one that isn't too extreme one way or another, whether it's fitness or food, mm-hmm. is not only better for you, but it's more sustainable. But the second thing is that at the end of the day, anything worth having, right, whether it's a flourishing career, a healthy relationship, a healthy body is going to require work and some sacrifice. But if you have a why, you can tolerate the how. And the how is the work and the sacrifice associated with the goal. And that's why I always say, like, work with a purpose becomes passion. But work without purpose just feels punishing. And I think we already feel punished enough by the stressors of our daily lives. So you really got to stop and think, how is my life going to improve if I go to the gym for 20 minutes today instead of, you know, just going home and picking up takeout and sitting on the couch to watch my favorite show because it sounds good to me in this moment. And I mean like details. Is it meeting your kids' kids? Is it looking good in a wedding dress? Is it wearing a two-piece instead of a Mm one-piece? Is it sex with the lights on, which I happen to think is greatly overrated, but you know what? It's sunny out (laughs) at least 12 hours a day for most of us. So, you know, why cut out our options? Bottom line is it, it doesn't matter what the reasoning is as long as you care about it. Right. And if you care enough, you'll do the work and it will be worth it. That's fantastic. And so relaying that message to everybody, what's your why every day, Jillian? Like what motivates you to do the work that you do across the board? I I have so many, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, of course, now, like you guys, I have young kids and I want to be around for them. I want to meet their kids. I would love to meet their kids' kids. I want to set an example for my kids. I want to be the mom that's like powerful and strong and on the ski slopes with them, shooting hoops with them, not like on the sideline, you know, kind of with a soda in my hand. Not that I judge any other parents, but for my kids, I want to be in their lives, not on the sidelines of their lives. And I want to show them it's okay to make time for yourself. It's okay to make yourself a priority because then you're better able to support other people. So family, of course, would be number one. And you know what? Like any other human, I want to look good. I want to feel good about my body and feel comfortable in my own skin. I want to wear skinny jeans and feel good in them. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And it doesn't mean you shouldn't feel good at any size. I just personally feel better when I'm a size four. You know? And that's what or makes you happy. And that's okay. I feel healthy and strong. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So, Jillian, you have your new book out right now. It's the Six Keys Unlock. To, I, you know, what? I'm gonna let you just you say it because <laughs> I just got tongue tied. <laughs> it's the Six Keys to Unlock Your Genetic Potential for Ageless Health, Strength, and Beauty. And bottom line, it's an anti aging book. And I'm not oh, afraid to that. say that. And the whole idea is that we should want to be the best version of ourselves for years to come. So whether you your grandparents had Alzheimer's and you want to prevent it um, or take every step you can to prevent it, or again, you just want to look and feel great in every decade of your life, this book is designed to help you do that. Well, Jillian, we love you. I love everything you're about. So thank you so much for uh, coming on the show to talk to us. We appreciate oh it. Gosh. And uh, good luck with Thanks your book. I'm, I'm going to get it right now. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you to that wine date the next time we're in the same city, guys. Oh yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> She'll hold you to it too. Yeah. All right, Thanks Jillian. So okay. Thanks, Jillian. Bye. Bye. She wants to have wine with me. That's amazing. I just like the fact that she's because when I work out with Erin, she'll be like, "No wine." And it's like, Erin, you know I'm gonna have wine. It, but I think it's all about, like she said, it's moderation. It's not about starving your body of things. And I think mm-hmm. when we did the whole thirty. We started, we took away things 
that we like. Your sandwiches, yes. Do you have to have a sandwich every single day and have breads and right. pastas? No, but it's things in moderation, which I think is important. Instead of just completely taking everything out of your diet, because we're going to put those things back in, even though I'm not doing, I'm you know I'm not doing cheese or dairy this month and and uh, carbs, grains. But I'm going to eventually have those again. So right. why am, why do my, I, I don't know, it's just, no, I get, these diets I, can be just so fat to me. No, and that's the thing. I, like Jillian was saying, it's all about balance. Whatever kind of change you make in your life. And if people just drastically change everything they do for a new year, their new year, New Year's resolution, then that just adds, adds so much stress onto whatever stress they already have in their life. Mm-hmm. Granted, it depends on your mentality too. Like, for me personally, personally, <laughs> we both can speak for yourself, honey. <laughs> um, I know that for like carbs for mm-hmm. sandwiches and everything, I just love a sandwich at lunch. I have to cut it out completely. What? You can't just have one. A couple Other, times? Otherwise, I'm just saying for the time being, oh, like okay. for this month. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, otherwise I will have one one day and it's like, I had one yesterday. I'll have another. That was really good. I'll have another one. Mm. The next thing you know, it's like four days in a row I had a sandwich. <laughs> so. And if you want a sandwich, eat the freaking sandwich. I know, I know. But then, you know, what's the point of even, quote unquote, doing a diet if we're not going to do something? Right. Something. I'm just trying to break my habits, which is why I wanted to do this exactly. to begin with. Not have the protein bar every single morning. Actually make breakfast and eat And we've made whole. lunches and had salads yeah. or And I never good, eat better, lunch, so no, now you I'm never eating lunch. Eat. I'm actually eating real foods. So right. I love that. You never ate lunch. I always had sandwiches, so now we're actually having substantial meals at lunch. Yeah. Oh, I do have a question, though, for you, though, babe, about working out. What? So I've made the workouts for the calendar, mm-hmm. but yet you've not come out to work out. So you say you want to work out, and I put it on the calendar, then why don't you follow through with it? So you're being, basically, you're doing... I never, but the thing, I never said committed. I never said, yeah, absolutely, I'll do, I'll be there. I just thought you wanted to work out with me. <laughs> for for I, you, I think for me, the times that you work out are my least motivating times of the day. When do you want to work out? In my like, no. in my career and everything, I was mostly first thing in the morning, like okay. six a.m. Oh, now enjoy but, your workout but, alone, <laughs> right? But again, now we have kids and all that, so that's just not a realistic thing. When we're up with the infant right now, yeah. Um, but Which, by the way, Michael got real upset last night, and he like slammed his hand into the wall. Uh, last night was rough. I was a zombie. <laughs> I don't even remember that really. You don't? Not really. I do. I remember you going God, and then I next thing I know, here hand to the. I was like, Michael, switch now immediately. Go to bed. He's like, No, I just said I, I said I'm going to get him. Go to the room and immediately. I, I went <laughs> and to the bed with my out. tail between my legs and. <laughs> Head down. Well, sometimes it can be so frustrating when they keep crying, but that's when you that's when we got to tag out, babe. I know. But anyways, so I either first thing in the morning or later at night. It's just your time isn't motivating for me. So I just have to find my own time. All right. Tapping out. Yeah. So along with Michael and I eating healthy, we're also adding in a healthier overall lifestyle. So you can ditch all the expensive gym membership, personal trainers, and nutritionalists. So with Noom, okay, they help you educate on a healthier lifestyle and habits. Noom doesn't say you can't have certain foods. So that means you can have things in moderation, and that's exactly what they're teaching you. Weight loss is in the palm of your hand, literally, on your phone, whenever and wherever you need it. You don't have to be a celebrity to have personalized training of your own support system. What I also love about Noom, too, is that 
there's a community there for you. There's group discussions with fellow new members to keep you encouraged. And then all for less than the price of a single appointment with a nutritionist or personal trainer. And it's so easy. I just had to take the 30-second quiz, and they emailed me a custom course that would help me reach the goal that I want. They even sent out a 14-page packet covering details of your goals for your health and mental wellness, your eating habits, and what new eating habits you want. It's literally an online nutritionist. Noom is designed for your results. Meet your resolutions by signing up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash Jana. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash Jana to start your trial today. Again, that's Noom.com slash Jana. Start losing weight for good. You know, I hate when an easy task takes up a lot of your day. Well, also, you just did this with Jolie and you wanted to pull your hair out. Oh, wait, you don't have hair. Uh, My bad. Figure it out. That works. I'm going to stop going to the post office to send letters and packages when I don't have to. I've been telling you about Stamps.com. I know you have, and finally I'm giving in. Jan has been on it for a while. Now I'm conforming. Stamps.com brings all the amazing services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your computer. Not only saves you time, it saves you money as well. And they send you a scale, too. So if you're sending a package, it's super, super easy. And convenient. And reliable. And efficient. (laughs) And right now, you too can enjoy the Stamps.com service with a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and, like I said, the digital scale. So start the new year off right. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Jana. That's Stamps.com, and enter Jana. All right, so it's fertility time. Dr. Kristen Bendixson is going to be on the phone. We're dialing in her right now. She's an assistant professor of, I can never say this word, gynecology at USC. Kristen? Yes. Sorry, Dr. Kristen. Um, oh. This is uh, Jana and Mike. Hi. How are you guys? doing, doctor? How- I'm good. How are you guys? Great. Good. Uh, so we're super excited to talk to you because Michael and I did an event a couple weeks ago. We did a live podcast event down in Santa Monica, and we held basically a live Q&A for people to, or fans to ask us questions. And one of the reoccurring questions that came up time and time again was about infertility. And so that's why we wanted to have you on talk, um, talk a little bit more about infertility. And then also we really want people to email their questions in too. So we'd love to have you back on the show so you could, uh, answer some of the questions that come in. Oh, love it. Sounds great. Okay. Awesome. Woohoo. So, uh, Michael and I have done a couple rounds of IVF. Um, and so, we we have now two kids, so we are we are officially, I believe, I think, done having kids. But are you ever officially done? Well, that's the thing. Michael's about to make his snipped appointment, and mm. I was driving in the car today. I didn't even tell you this, babe, but I was like, "Are we?" I, I mean, maybe maybe we should try. I don't know. After last night with Jace being up, I was like, "Yeah, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> we done. We have a seven week old, and so he's in the midst of." Yes. Yeah, oh, all that yeah. No, stuff. my kids are 10 and 12, but I remember those days oh, yeah. very vividly. But I do have a question, though, about be- sure. if that was to happen. So, you know, I'm, I'm 35, so technically I'm geriatric pregnancy. It, I'd be geriatric pregnancy, right? No. <laughs> I thought 30. 30- compared to my patients, you're young. <laughs> well, technically, though, 35 isn't that geriatric, was it they call no. it? No, no one calls it. I mean, I, it's horrible to call anything geriatric, but um, I mean, I think after the age of 35, there are, it can get harder to get pregnant. Um, there can be more complications. And so, um, you know, you just have to kind of keep a closer eye on certain things. But most pregnancies really aren't that different after the age of 35 than before. Kristen, what, is, what about it biologically make 
like causes uh, more difficulty once a woman is because 35 is relatively young still in the big picture mm-hmm. of life. Mm-hmm. What about it makes it so much more difficult? Uh, about getting pregnant or in the pregnancy itself or both? Uh, both getting pregnant right. and also any and the increased risk of complications throughout sure. the pregnancy. Um, so in terms of actually getting pregnant, the biggest issue is that, um, the eggs are older. (laughs) Um, so women's eggs are in their, uh, ovaries since before they were born. Um, and so, and they're not actually fully developed. And so they go through their final stages of development at the time of like when the egg is being released at ovulation and when it's getting fertilized by the sperm. And so all the little mechanical parts that are responsible for guiding that egg through that developmental process. Like if you're trying to get pregnant at 35, those little mechanical parts are 35. If if you're trying to get pregnant at 40, those mechanical parts are 40. And so just like mechanical parts of a phone, a car, a computer, you know what? They just fail and screw up. Mm -hmm. Um, And so unfortunately with the egg, when those little mechanical parts go, like when things go badly, then oftentimes it leads to an embryo, which is just a, you guys, I mean, if you've been through IVF, you know, it's just a fertilized egg. Um, That embryo just can't become a pregnancy. And so the issue is, is as you get older, those mechanical failures are becoming more common. And so what that results in is that when you release an egg each month, it's just less likely that that egg can become a pregnancy. And so it just might, you know, that's why it can take longer to get pregnant. Um, And that's also what causes um, miscarriages to go up as you get older because those same mechanical errors lead to um, chromosomal abnormalities. I don't know if you guys had your embryos tested. We did, um, did, but the the testing that we had done was a couple of years ago. So I know now mm-hmm. they test 21 chromosomes. Yeah. So we test all, we can test all the chromosomes um, and the testing, the, you know, the technology that we have is, you know, it's better than it was three years ago, which was better than five years ago. It's always refining and getting a little bit better. Um, and all of that testing is just, it's really just chromosome counting. In your, so, in your mind, we, let's say in, let's say in 20 years, where do you mm-hmm. think we're going to be at with infertility and the progress of where the medicine is going? Um, what would be really amazing is uh, a way to kind of figure out um, in a much less invasive way what the issues are with the embryo. Like mm-hmm. not, I bet you we are not going to be doing a biopsy in 20 years anymore. In order to test the embryo, we're going to be able to look at, you know, the media that the embryo is growing in and the embryos that are abnormal are going to like spit off kind of like toxic things. And we're going to be able to measure those things in the um, culture media and just kind of figure out from there which embryos we can put in. We certainly are going to have much better capability of kind of testing for things like your predisposition for diabetes and other types of diseases like that. I mean, I think it's a fine line of like where we um, ethically kind of start intervening too much in terms of what we're choosing. Um, yeah, I think that was always Mike's problem. He said he mm-hmm. didn't, he felt like he was almost playing God in a way. That, yeah. yeah, that's the one aspect of it. I was kind of like, just put, you know, put her egg in there with sperm and kind of let the best man win. Yeah. Almost kind of thing. But it and didn't, it's doing, yeah. and I, 
you know, the way I always explain to my patients with IVF is that's kind of happening in some aspect anyway. Like when they're getting the sperm ready for to like right before they do uh, the fertilization, this, they're prepping the sperm and like they're only selecting from the very best sperm. So it's the kind of same process that would happen normally in the body is kind of happening in the lab to some extent. And yes, if you're doing that procedure called ICSI, again, I don't know ICSI, if you yeah, we did, did that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're Which that was one, hard for him to pick. Yeah, like yeah. they're picking one sperm and putting it into the egg, but it's random. Like they can't, I mean, they're picking from the best, which is exactly, so in a way it mimics what's going on in the body, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're picking from the best because only the best sperm in the body are going to get to the egg. Well, only the best sperm are going to be in that final sample in the lab. And then it's really random. Like there's millions of sperm that are surrounding that little egg in the fallopian tube. And so it's really random which one binds to the egg. And it's really random which one the embryologist happens to pick to put into the egg. So it's kind of both, um, you know, all about like how good the sperm is and a little bit of randomness in, in both situations. It's so fascinating. I know. It's really When you I, really think about the details. <laughs> I think about that every time I do an egg retrieval. I'm like, I cannot, like, how is it possible that I can just stick this needle into this little foggle, drain it, and we somehow get an egg? It, it's out of this world. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it truly is a miracle when you go through the process, as you know, and that's what Jan and I have told people that go that we have some friends that are beginning the process right now and we say the same yeah. thing. We're like, it's truly a miracle when you get down to the science of it all. And yeah. like Jana was saying, we got a lot of questions when we we're doing a live podcast mm-hmm. and what, what do you have, what kind of advice do you have for couples or women that are going through the early stages of IBF, you know, just mentally and physically how to prepare themselves? Um, I think it's really, I think probably the most important thing is to try to kind of take care of yourself a little bit. It is so easy to get wrapped up in the process, and it's so emotionally draining. Well, the problem <laughs> is, too, is those medicines make you crazy. Yeah, and, yeah, that medicines, like, impact, like, how you're feeling. And so to the extent that you can do anything, even if, like, once a day, to, like, keep yourself centered, um, not, like, stress about little things. Like, it drives me bananas, like, when people are, tell patients, like, oh, you can't have any caffeine and you can't have one sip of alcohol and you can't, you have to eat this and do this. And that leads to this restrictive life that is so miserable and causes so much more stress in an already really stressful process. So, you know, doing things that kind of can get you through and knowing that, like, you might need to lean on the people around you and reaching out when you need help and finding some, like knowing that it is because it's going to be stressful, like finding that kind of support network, whatever it is for you. And maybe that's not a person, maybe that's writing in a journal, but something that kind of can get you through the process. So I guess, I don't know. I just, it's just so hard. Cause I just, I feel, I mean, sometimes I feel guilty because, you know, now we have, people are always ask me, you know, how do you stay positive? And in the yeah. moment, and I say to them, try to stay positive. But in the moment, I couldn't even stay positive because you don't know mm-hmm. what the outcome is going to be. Now I can look at the outcome and be like, oh, now we have two beautiful kids. Mm-hmm. So I guess I, I know what you're trying to say. Is just, you're trying to say to stay centered, but it's just so hard when you, it's really hard. you want it's that really family. Hard. And then you want to be hopeful, right? Like you don't want to be a pessimist going in, into it. And yet at the same time, like being hopeful is so scary because it leaves you so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just kind of 
open to the, that fact that it, it's just not going to work. And I think, you know, depending on how old you are and what the circumstances are, sometimes the chance that it's going to work is low. And so how do you kind of manage kind of going through this entire process without just being like emotionally crushed at the end? And I, I don't really know any way to kind of really mitigate that and kind mm -hmm. of keep that from happening <laughs> yeah no one, no i mean no one can prepare you for that roller coaster of physically no, oh and God, emotionally until you go through and it knowing that it's a roller coaster and knowing that i think is that's actually huge is that there are so many ups and downs of like oh you're so happy because you have this many eggs and like oh you're devastated the next day because the fertilization is poor and then they call you the next day and they say oh the embryos are developing and then oh we right were, you, you have know one. the biopsy is <laughs> abnormal it's like the ups and downs and the ups and downs it's really you know it's it's draining in, in jan and i's situation so we actually got for both of our children, Jana became pregnant uh, naturally for both. And it was mm -hmm. both times it was uh, one month after a failed IVF cycle. Mm -hmm. Is that common from your experience? Um, it, ha it happens all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we don't think that it's like it has actually anything to do with the IVF because like the IVF process doesn't really do anything to kind of um, change what's going to happen in the next cycle. Mm -hmm. um, but we see it all the time. What about um, the medicines that I'm taking, like the progesterone and no, things I mean, in my system? No, because the progesterone's gone. Like, once you stop taking it, it's gone. Um, and that effect doesn't kind of carry over to the next month. But I did get pregnant, though, each time. Yeah? No, I mean, like... With the IVF. Oh, with the IVF. So maybe yeah. I had this, some HCG in my system? No, because they're not mm. even going to start you on your next cycle. Like, you won't get your period until all that. It's like kind of all those hormones are like kind of washed out of your body by the time you get your period. Um, I would, I mean, it's probably, yes, is it common that like it would happen so closely to both IVF cycles? And the answer is obviously no. Um, but we see it all the time. I mean, it literally just takes one good egg, one good sperm, hmm. you know. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, um, so we're going to have our listeners write in. So you guys write in Jana Kramer at iHeartMedia.com and then Dr. Kristen Bendixson. Um, you're going to answer the question. So we're yeah. excited to have you back on. And we just really, um, we hope that you guys email in again, Jana Kramer at iHeartMedia.com and she will answer your IVF questions. Yeah, no, I think it's it's so important. It's There are so many women that struggle with infertility, and um, to the extent that we can make the process more transparent so they just kind of understand what fertility treatments are all about, um, you know, understanding miscarriages, which, such are, which is such a, like, not spoken about subject, and kind of, and also egg freezing, you know, in terms of just what we can do to prevent people from having to go through IVF later. Yeah. So awesome. there's a lot to dig in there. Absolutely. Well, thank you so Kristen, much, thank and you we'll so be much. talking with you soon. All right. Okay. All right. Look forward bye, to Kristen. it. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. You know what is sad? Actually, the other um, the other night, I started you know, scrolling on my phone, and I saw, I was looking through my videos, just kind of clearing some videos out of my phone, and I saw the video of, remember how we tracked the IVF process, and then I put it on YouTube? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, that yawn face was nasty. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Um, you know, where he's like trying not to yawn. So he's making a weird face <laughs> that just happened. Um, <laughs> but I, I was just watching the video and it just, it pained me cause I was crying and I found out that we lost, lost the, the baby or the embryo, I guess. Cause it was only, I was only a few weeks at that time, but, and then now I look at it and it's like, man, I wish, I wish I could go back and say, it's going to be okay. You're going to have a baby in 
in a year and a half. Right. It all sounds so easy know, after the fact. It's and just, I just, I, I, for the women out there that are struggling, I, I have a lot of empathy for you. But yeah. um, hopefully you can see the silver lining with other people's stories. And I think that's exactly what just being the spouse in this situation and witnessing you go through it is the people around the female going through this process is all you can do is be empathetic. Mm-hmm. Don't try to say, make any promises. Don't try to say it's going to be okay. Even just say that sucks and just allow you to feel those feelings. Cause there's nothing that like I could say as a husband to make you feel better. Well, I feel like you should say more than that sucks. <laughs> no, but I'm saying just feel <laughs> that their- sucks. <laughs> You know what I mean? No, like I the, would say it hurts me too because I know we, we I want this family. Right. Instead of just that sucks. My <laughs> wife is like crying in the bathroom. Oh, that like, sucks, oh, honey. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, on the with the rest of our day. I don't mean like that. Not, not dismissive. Do you want to retry that? <laughs> no, because I'm imperfect. I love that, babe. Thanks. So there's usually a clear path for Valentine's Day gifts for women. Flowers, candy, jewelry. But for men, not usually a simple. Oh, do I get all those things? Flowers, candy? You know what's funny with this? I love Man Crate so much that I actually think it's a clear-cut gift for men this holiday season for Valentine's Day. Women, it's actually harder because women might not want the same thing again. Flowers, cards, jewelry. Diamonds, diamonds, diamonds. (laughs) Yeah, that should just say diamonds, 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 and maybe some flowers. Man Crates knows what guys like, and they have hundreds of gift options. So you'll find the perfect surprise for him. And take it from me, there are over 100 different kinds of Man Crates. I have multiple. It's amazing. I just ordered the Make Your Own Chef Knife because I love being in the kitchen. (laughs) And I can't wait for it to come. Unique gifts like the personalized barware crate, personalized pint glasses, bottle opener, and the pizza grilling crate with some pizza stones and two-sided dough roller is just a few examples of the crates that they have out there. Give an unforgettable Valentine's Day gift this year. Plus, every man cake comes with a man 100- cake. Every man cake. <laughs> <laughs> every man crate comes with a one hundred percent satisfaction guaranteed. And they're batting a thousand with me too, so I agree with that. Get them a man crate plus one of their meaty Valentine's Day gifts and save. Just for Valentine's Day, get fourteen percent off when you spend one hundred dollars or more at mancrates.com slash wine. That's 14% off when you spend $100 or more at mancrates.com slash wine. Mancrates.com slash wine. That's W-H-I-N-E, we should point out. Thanks, Mark. All right. So are we going to talk about the argument? We can talk about the argument. By the way, Jenna still has not relieved herself. Yeah, I still have to pee. (laughs) Do you want to go pee? uh, Kind of, but let's just get this over with. So, (laughs) see, I'm already on to something else. See what I mean? Okay. So the other night... Michael and I, something happened and I, it was a beautiful, it was beautiful, but I got very triggered afterwards and I wanted to say something to him and express, cause you know, our therapists say, if you're feeling something, express it in a way like, Hey, I'm, I just felt triggered and I want you to know so that I don't take it out sideways on him. But I didn't say anything because the moment was so great that I didn't want to ruin it. So I didn't say anything. And in the back of my mind, I was hoping that he was going to come to me and acknowledge because I was hoping that he was feeling the same trigger. Right. Because the situation we both know was, it was a major trigger and Mm -hmm. it was going to, yeah. It was, it was one of the few, if not the last kind of major trigger that we haven't addressed or experienced to this point. So 
And it became the biggest elephant in the room in that moment. Yeah. So we went to bed on... With, yeah, we went, to, yeah we went to bed, but without us really talking about the elephant in the room. Right. And I thought about it all night long. I was really upset. I, I cried about it. I was, I mean, I didn't sleep at all because I was so upset. And I, I was going to say something, but then I was just, you know, thought to myself, okay, the next morning it's probably just going to pass. Well, the next morning it did not pass. And so Michael's trying to talk to me on Saturday and I just, I stayed pretty mute and I said, just, I'm really not ready to talk right now. I just... Need some time is basically what I said, right? Before we brought up the situation? Yeah. Yeah. Remember, because I, I, I took like half a day. Yeah. Yeah. In the morning, I was like, I knew something was going on with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You weren't ready to say what it was. Yeah. And so then we, I finally brought it to you mm-hmm. and I, we were sitting down on the couch. You were, you were reluctant at first. I was reluctant at first because I was afraid of your reaction <laughs> and I got validated in my fear. Of his reaction. So I sat down and I was telling him how it, how that night made me feel and how I got triggered. And these are the things that came up for me. And you did not listen to me. You went straight into your shame. And basically it validated. And for me, I have the hardest time. And we just talked about in therapy. I have the hardest time bringing up a fear of something because I don't want him. I don't want his reaction to be off. So the fact that you validated my fear, which I know I've done to you too plenty of times, and it sucks. But that when that happened, I just completely, I mean, we, we, I was so upset. I went into the bathroom. You started to get mean, and I started crying. So I went into the bathroom and was crying, and then you come in guns blazing. Mm-hmm. And it just escalated from there, which then you triggered more stuff because now you're elevated to a screaming point. And then once, then I got offline after that because- you had already, and I was like, man, I did what I was supposed to do. I told you what I was feeling, and then you didn't hear me. Michael? <laughs> I want to make sure that you feel heard right now, and I don't just go <laughs> on the defensive. Yes, you're right. I did not handle it correctly. And ultimately, I apologized profusely for not addressing the elephant in the room in real time, which I wanted to. And what it came down to was I didn't have the balls in that moment because I knew it was such an impactful trigger. I was scared. I was scared to do it. And because we've been on such a good run, everything's you know been so great. We've handled things appropriately. So for this situation, I was just kind of reverted back to kind of subconsciously of oh, maybe if I don't address it, we won't talk about it and everything will be okay and sweep it under the rug, which never works for us and most couples it doesn't some it does but not for us so we even when i was trying to convince you to talk to me about it and reassuring you that i was in the place even i didn't know how i was going to react in my mind i was like okay i can handle this i can i can listen to her but then for me anytime i get any opposition when i start to speak about it or speak about anything that's shameful or triggering or traumatizing for me. If I think by trying to hear you, I didn't feel heard, but that was my mistake. I was trying to feel heard when you were trying to feel heard, which that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. I have to hear you first. I have to validate your feelings. I I have to, especially as the perpetrator, I have to empathize with you 
so you can feel heard, understood, etc. But we've had this discussion and argument many times where I rush that and I try to feel heard immediately mm-hmm. or I try to explain something. Or I try first two, two years yeah, on this post. Yeah, yeah, it was me trying to explain something and then anytime you would ask, ask a question, it would trigger me mm-hmm. because I'm just trying to explain to you about the situation, talk about the trigger, and then you'd ask a question about it. And then I would feel, feel like, heard. yeah, I didn't feel heard. I felt like you weren't listening to me. I was feeling attacked. And then feeling attacked about a shameful situation just, I mean, just throw me in a pile of shame. So I think it's a good topic to talk about, though, the fact that we were both, there was the elephant in the room. It's why we couldn't, I mean, I know why I didn't, I know why you didn't. But mm-hmm. then at the same time, it's like, I wanted you to step up. I know you did. And and say, hey, I'm sorry that this triggered you. And I know you're probably thinking about it because, of course, I'm thinking about it. And that's what I, I want the guys to hear, too, if, if their wives let, or girlfriends let them listen to this is, the fact that we're, we don't ever forget, so no, it's always in the, it's always in the back of our of our mind. So if something from an old argument or old whatever happened that was a break in your relationship, I promise you, if that situation might come up again, that they're thinking of it. So you should address it and say, "Hey, I'm sorry if this maybe causes you some pain." Yeah, and it's just taking responsibility for your actions, right? In which you should do in all aspects of life, and that's living with integrity. And in that moment. I didn't because I just wanted to run a, run away from those feelings. I mean, I could problems. have also said something as well, but I was just so, I mean, yeah, that, was, but I, that was a tough one. But even, even with my therapist, I discussed it with him and I defended you or vouched for you and said, I acknowledge that in this situation, it was a hundred percent up to me to bring it up because it was an undiscussed, unprocessed trigger that we have not gone through. Mm-hmm. So, cause even he said, you know, well, you know, she can equally bring it up and express her. I was like, in this situation, which, I do. which you Sometimes, do, yeah. but this, this particular situation was up to me and I put that hundred percent on my shoulders and it just, it just was handled poorly. And that, but that just goes to show like, we don't, even though we talk about all this stuff on, on this show, we still go through the shit. Yeah. And we do not do it perfectly, which is why, no. um, you were very mean. <laughs> so I really mean, but we rebounded faster than we usually do. So the, this, the moral of the story is, um, I don't know how to talk apparently. Cause when Mike's uh, mad at me, he mocks me and that was our big fight and we got triggered and there was a few things that were thrown <laughs> a few punches. <laughs> a few, Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I did like, I mean, my, I screamed so loud. My voice hurt. Like it got real redneck. In our household, like my yeah. voice, I, I didn't have a voice. Ah, uh, the good day. old days, honey. <laughs> I know. Bring it like, back wow, the good old days. What, we still got it. Like. But it, it, but honestly, it made me. The next day, I was super depressed I was because so sad. it made me so sad that we went back there. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. It was it was really sad. I was very disappointed in both of us that we allowed both it. of us. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so anyway, there we go. But no, just in this situation. Handling things, especially triggers real time, is the That's the takeaway. That's that's what you gotta do. Yeah. When there's when there's stuff like that. There's your less listen, less there's your shoot. This is this episode should just be titled Jana Really Can't Talk. So there's your lesson, <laughs> listeners. All right. So I'm sure your full bladder's not helping. <laughs> so we don't get to know the actual instigating moment. Um 
basically, Mark, you're such a producer. You're just such a producer. I can see the the Us Weekly headlines now. I just feel like all the listeners are very curious, and of course, it's your life, and it's up to you. But I know that's what they're thinking. I don't even know how to say it in a way to scoot around it. It was a sexual. It was something sexual that Mike had done sexually with someone else. Oh wow. That we never really discussed, and we something happened, and then that yeah, so yeah, mm-hmm. so it was very hard. It was hard. It was a tough. It was a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, and, it was, and so it was a flashback to that memory of knowing that they did something like that. So it was it was tough. Wow. Thanks for asking, Mark. All right, <laughs> so let's go into an, into a spot. <laughs> well, I have an email, which probably isn't going to help things. To be honest, <laughs> as I pre-read it. Okay. It's an anonymous email. My husband, unfortunately, had an affair, and we are three months post me finding out. When I found out, I took off my wedding ring and took down all of the wedding pictures. Mm -hmm. As we are in marriage Mm -hmm. counseling, we've decided to move forward. But I'm struggling putting my wedding rings back on and putting our wedding pictures back up. I feel like both are tainted at this point. Mm -hmm. How did you overcome the feelings associated with those and be able to put the rings back on and the pictures back up? So we have not officially put the pictures back up. It has been how many years post? Coming on five years, uh, no. four years. No, no, baby. I'm saying uh, of the infidelity. Oh, uh, two and a half. So it's been two and a half years post discovery, and we have still not hung our wedding photos up. There are still photos that I have a hard time looking at from our past because it triggers me to what was going on in that moment. Having said all that, when we packed up our stuff in Nashville, I saw the bin that I threw all of the pictures in, all of our wedding photos, all the knickknacks that were for us, our wedding book, um, photos of when I was pregnant. I mean, just so many things that I said I will never be able to look again, look at again. You stole all those memories from me. And I, I, I yelled at him so much for that. I said, you, you took away this from me, you took away that, and now I can't look back at this photo and be happy. But it is it took two years to really now be able to go back and look at it and say, okay, those memories were still my memories. I still was there and I was present. Not saying you weren't present, but it was a different version of present. I mean, how do I say that? It's it's not that you weren't present, you weren't fully there. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that you can take away those memories from me. So right. I shouldn't allow you to take those memories away from me. So for the listener that wrote, don't let him have hold that much power over those memories for you. But it takes time. Again, I am. I want to. I don't. You know. I don't even know if I want to hang our wedding photos in our new house. I don't know. Yeah, that's something. So, like for her, it's been three months. You said Mark three months. Yeah, which is and nothing. I'm on, and I'm on two and a half, and right. I still don't even know if our new house will even put that up there because. In all, in all honesty, like we've had some photos from like you know the the uh, pregnancy shoot and all that that I love, like the big canvas one you had of mm-hmm. us blown up. For me, I'd rather have those too. The Not, new ones. The new ones. Yeah. And so, we put up our, when we renewed, so this here's what I would say for the photos too. We renewed our vows in, in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So we have that photo up. So it's putting the photos up that are new and real. And in time, I hope we can hang one of our old photos and say, you know what? 
look how far we've come, and you can For still sure. be proud of the photo that's there. It honestly makes me sad just because the, oh, yeah. I loved our our wedding photos were beautiful. They're beautiful. It was perfect, and it makes me sad too to think about having to be hesitant and reluctant to even look at those photos. That they're and, essentially tainted. Yeah, and I think once we are to that place where we can both have that mentality and look at them and, and not think about where we were then but appreciate where we are now, then when we're to that point, maybe we can put them up. And I think, too, we, we did something that might help you guys as well as we grieved. There was a box of photos, and I said, or no, no, it was the, I made you a... A year. It was our year anniversary gift. I gave him a year anniversary gift of all the photos of the year. And at the very end, I said, can't wait to see what next year holds. And I was like, well. <laughs> and I came to you. Yeah. And when we were moving out of the, our our former Nashville house and we sat down and we looked through it all and we grieved. Yeah. And I'm, we might have to do, you might have to do that with the wedding photos. We might have to do that again. And honestly, I want to because I want to be able to hang those photos and not just think of that. So hopefully, and, but I will say to you. You are three months in. Give yourself time. Yeah, there, don't don't. You shouldn't even be thinking about that. And and two, in no, regards, but I did. So you can't say that because I mean, I still, I mean, I was so upset about that. Like you ruined those these photos for me. No, I'm I'm saying don't think about putting the pic. Like you don't have to worry about putting the pictures up right now or your your wedding band or your wedding ring. I understand mm-hmm. that's what you want to think of because it ruined all of those things. Mm-hmm. Which also, Jan and I both got new. I yes. got a new engagement. I ring. I would not put that ring back on my new, finger. I said I don't band. want it. I don't want this ring ever on my finger. Yep. I got a new band. Yeah. So that way there aren't those, you don't look down and the ring, the symbol isn't tainted. Mm -hmm. So for us, that was important. And even if I, as I was like, I don't even care about what it is. I just want, I will not put this back on my finger. And I said, all right, me neither. So I think that's really good advice for the anonymous emailer that if you're going to recommit to yourself, mm-hmm. post things and wear things that represents the new commitment the new. that you're making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Uh, Jerrica <laughs> emails that's you. That's cool, Jerrica. Don't kiss my baby is the subject line. So I'm newly pregnant, but I automatically know not to kiss someone's newborn baby. I don't think it's appropriate at all to begin with, but I've heard some horror stories about babies and people kissing them. <laughs> How do you not be rude but make sure, hey, don't kiss my baby? If anyone puts their lips near Jace's <laughs> lips, I'm going to smack them. I don't like, I don't want people kissing. No. The, so germs too. And with the baby, someone, I forgot to tell you this. We were at Disneyland watching the parade. Someone recognized Jolie and like gave her a hug. And I was oh. like, you, I don't even know you. Oh, I mean, yeah, all the no. girls, oh, we were geez. just like, got so upset. You're just not telling me this? I totally forgot. Well, there's a lot going on that day. <laughs> Like 15 hours at Disneyland. It was a lot yeah, for the toddler. Yeah, so when I came yeah. home, I didn't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> True. So, but no, yeah, it was, it's like, if you, if you're a stranger, hundred percent, don't, don't touch my child. But then if it's family, I still don't really want, I mean, yes, you can kiss the baby, but don't, lips are totally off the subject. I, I think it's one of those things where we even have to remind ourselves with Jace, we're his parents. Yeah. What we say goes. Yeah. So try to have that, that kind of a-hole mentality be like look no don't kiss my baby i think the whole face is off limits absolutely but if grandma though come on grandma fine i think grandmas and aunts because the only babies i've ever excuse me i've only kissed (laughs) grandmas and and my five nieces like and when you're taking care of them you kiss their cheek their forehead yeah i mean i'm like constantly i think if you're very close family that's the only people. Yeah, that or like a like a best friend. That's fine. But like a random friend. Even dicey on the friends. I, <laughs> I mean, I would let Sarah have... kiss Sarah kiss his yeah, forehead. Forehead's like fine. A yeah, yeah. 
But I mean, if it was a, I get. I guess for me, if it was anybody but like my sister's pregnant, that'll be my first nephew, my first niece or nephew. Um, excuse me. I, I'm sorry. This is a great topic to bring up. I do not think that you think oh, oh, that my it. niece and nephew. Foot in mouth. Oh, so he actually does have a niece and nephew. And I'm it's sorry. From my brother's kids. But this is my point exactly. You do not think of that. I as, do, though. No, you don't. Clearly. Cause I you, do. My, this is my first nephew. <laughs> they're not babies. It doesn't. Does it? Okay, no, so they're no, not a baby. No, no, not, hey, no, I'm Uncle not, Roy, I'm not going to call you Uncle anymore because no, I'm, I'm saying, not a baby. I'm talking. <laughs> Uncle Roy. Oh, Mike, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Idiot. Walked right into that one. Yeah, man. I did. No, I do consider Ava and Dylan <laughs> my niece and nephew. Do you I kiss do. them? They're, no, they're 12 and 13. Okay, so maybe not. Right. All I'm saying, my point. Your sister, yes, your new, your your first ever. Our nephew. our first. No, I, I already our, have. I have one nephew. Thank you. Our new nephew, <laughs> like Get him, I would kiss. But a friend's baby, even or anybody else's, friends I wouldn't like. Weird, yeah. Like I, nobody else's, I would do it if it was if Stephen was just now having Ava and Dylan. Yes, I would kiss them because I am their uncle and I consider them my niece and nephew. Mm-hmm. But when I met them, they're. The, seven and eight yeah and they already had like three uncles before you so it's fine right i mean for all they care it's like oh aunt jan has got another uncle here we're not calling him uncle you don't think, I think like i if i saw jace i don't i'm not gonna hold jace even that's like not, what unless you were like hey can you 100 percent hold, hold but if you hold? kissed him you're right I'd i'm be not like, gonna go in so and like true. grab him without yeah. your permission but like that's my true. nieces yeah i think there's like that's the line. Like a yeah. friend has no business being like, mm, like no, like back up. Like, no. I would kiss my friend. I, ki- I kiss Davey. Come on. It's my, f- it's like best friends, baby. I'm saying, I wouldn't want. Kiss him where? On the cheek, in the head. Yeah. I would never do lips. No. I mean, I like make out with my baby, but <laughs> I always try kiss to mommy. see. I know. I always know when he's hungry because when I kiss him, he'll start sucking on my upper lip. <laughs> That's how we test if he's hungry. He's a sweetie bye. All right, yeah. Let's just lips are off 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 limits. So yeah, we don't blame you. Okay, so a huge thank you to Joybird. Go to joybird.com slash Jan and receive an exclusive offer for 25% off your first order by using the code Jana. Brooklinen, get $20 off and free shipping when you use promo code Jana at Brooklinen.com. Noom, visit noom.com slash Jana to start your trial today. Stamps.com, go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Jana. Man crates. <laughs> I know, babe. You want to do this one. Just for Valentine's Day, get 14% off when you spend $100 or more at mancrates.com slash wine. Man crates. You may have been wondering what donut Mike was eating. Oh, yeah. So Michael, good. what was the donut that you ate earlier? From the one and only Astro Donuts and Fried Chicken. <sighs> Downtown LA's beloved Astro Donuts and Fried Chicken is crossing the 405 and opening in Santa Monica this February. And you can follow along at Astro Donuts <laughs> for a taste. It's delicious. Okay, seriously though, like I, I have to pee. I like I'm starting. I need to pee now. Are you, crown, are you crowning? I, I don't. I like I'm starting. Crowning I'm starting to cramp. Possible? To like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to walk. Like I think I need a diaper. You have to do the duck, duck walk. Duck walk I all the way to the bathroom. I need a catheter up there to help me come out. We'll help you out. All right, guys, love you. Let's uh, wind down next week together. Bye. See you.